We light these candles as a sign of the coming light of Christ. Advent means coming. We are preparing for the coming of God's kingdom. Isaiah 2 verse 4 tells us, the nations shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Isaiah 11 verse 6 tells us, The wolf shall lie down with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Welcome to Worship Creston Church. We've been praying for you as you gather for worship in all your various watching and listening places. We pray that each one of you will have an encounter with our living God. The good news for us today is that God is here and he's there wherever you are in each of your many different watching and listening places. If this is the first time that you've joined us for worship, Welcome! You can find out more about our church by visiting our website, crestonchurch.org. Feel free to send an email if you'd like us to get in touch with you. Today is the second Sunday of Advent, which means waiting. While we remember Israel's waiting and hoping, and we give thanks for Christ's birth, we also anticipate his second coming at the end of time. For this reason, Advent began centuries ago as a penitential season, a time for discipline and repentance in confident expectation and hope of Christ's coming again. Today on this first Sunday of the month, we have the special privilege of gathering around the table 
to celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. May God give you his rich blessing as you partake of this meal. You'll want to make sure that your prepared bread and cup are nearby for your use later on in the service. You can find the order of service in today's email. It contains everything that you need in order to participate fully in the service, especially responsive readings and singing. So go ahead, be bold, speak out loud, join in on the songs. Even though we're in our separate physical locations, God recognizes our corporate worship together that we bring to him. Now, as we continue our worship together, I invite you to stand in body or in spirit, to stretch out your hands as a visible sign of receiving God's greeting right along with everyone else who is watching and listening. As we journey through this season of Advent, may the love of God the Father and the grace of Jesus Christ the Son and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with us all. And we say together, Amen. Please join me for our morning prayer. Faithful God, we wait for you to come. We know that you will because you already have and because you promised to return. While we wait, send your spirit so that we may grow in grace. Prepare us for your coming, Lord. Amen. Good morning, Creston family. I'm Tim, and this is Emily with our son Isaiah, in case you don't know us. Quick word about the song that we're going to sing, and that, you, of course, you're welcome to sing with us. It's based on the Magnificat of Mary, a prayer that Mary um, prays uh, with praise after the angel Gabriel visits her, telling her that she will be mother of Jesus. It's from Luke 1, if you want to read that passage later. My soul cries out with a joyful shout that the God of my heart is great. And my spirit sings of the wondrous things that you bring to the ones who wait. You fixed your sign on your servant's blinds and my weakness you did not spurn. So from east to west may my name be blessed. Good
For our time of confession, we will be using Dona Nobis Pacham as a sung response to express our prayers for peace. We invite you to listen to the words, offer your own prayers to God in the, in the time of silence after each line, and then sing with us. Prince of Peace, as we wait for your coming, we pray fervently. children who long for peace, we pray. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait, Wait for, for the, the Lord. Lord.
worship also includes our offering, as we have just been reminded once again of God's grace toward us. Our best response is to offer our entire lives back to him. Offering our money is one very special way that we're able to do that. During these times of being apart, you may give your gifts using the postal system or our online giving process, making sure to clearly designate which causes you'd like your gifts to be shared with. The deacons are very pleased to acknowledge your consistent and faithful giving to the ministries of Creston Church. They encourage you to also consider our special offerings that are listed in the Friday emails. Today's special offering is for our missionaries, Abraham and Elaine Lee. They serve through the Christian Reformed Church mission agency, Resonate Global Mission. Their ministry is based in Tijuana, Mexico. The Lees focus their work on leadership development, spirituality ministries, and church and family ministries. Our weekly offering is for the other ministries of our church and our denomination, what God has called us to do as a church in this neighborhood and in our city, and what God has called us to do as a denomination all around the world. May God bless you in your giving. Please remember to check the Friday email. It contains lots of information for you about our church family and the ongoing ministries of Creston Church. It replaces our paper bulletin that we normally have on Sundays. Here are some items from the most recent edition. The upcoming December meeting of Creston's Council, an update from the Pastor Search Committee, an all-congregation Advent activity to decorate fabric stones like this one. You may pick up fabric stones and instructions from the container on the porch at the Ministry Center. If you need to have a fabric stone delivered, please contact the church office. Details of the Nativity Trail on Sunday, December 13, are included in the Friday email, along with a request for heaters. You can find out about online access to at-home Advent kits, the various activities and resources for our children and youth, the congregational meeting on Saturday, December 12, and information about the services of Pine Rest. You can also find some information about online Advent worship opportunities from Calvin University. God bless you for making use of many special ways for you to serve God and our communities, as well as to safely enjoy fellowship with some small groups of God's people. Always feel free to share some prayer concerns with us so that we may hold you up in prayer to our God. Just send an email to the church office and we'll pass it along. If we're willing to pay attention, we can see God in many different ways. Be sure to share a God story by sending an email or a video of your special experiences. Now I invite you to join me in prayer as we offer our prayers of the people. Eternal God, for whom all people wait and search, 
even when they don't realize it. We cry out today for a live and present word from you. As our season of discontent approaches the day of your coming, we pray that you would speak to us in the graceful ways that you know best. Open our eyes that have been closed by fear and blinded by self-pity, that we may see you even in the anxieties and uncertainties that beset our days and threaten to overwhelm us like a cloud of darkness. Help us to see that amid the hustle and bustle of this holiday time, crowded stores, and rude shoppers, impatient drivers, the frayed generosity, the pandemic restrictions, that you have been incar become incarnate, sanctifying the smallest tasks of love, generosity, and kindness that we are enabled by your grace to perform. We think of the needs of others at this time, O Lord, and we are embarrassed by our selfishness. May the answer to our prayers begin with us to redeem the times. Bring to all those who are in need the alleviation of their poverty or comfort for their minds and spirits. Enable us to do what we can to help them, to share our own happiness and prosperity, to provide a listening ear or friendly word, to do errands or acts of kindness. But let us not be content so long as conditions exist that foster human distress from generation to generation through the repetition of ignorance, filth, and disease. We pray that the promise of your birth, that peace shall be on earth, may soon be fulfilled, both in our troubled hearts and in our troubled world. Come to us, Lord, for we need your presence in our own lives. We pray especially for those dear to us who are sick or troubled or unsure or near the hour of their death. Comfort, comfort your people and fill each heart with your love. We pray for the world into which you came and which you still love. Touch us anew with the hope that is the heritage of those who love you and trust your promises. Through Jesus Christ, who is the joy of those who are happy and the comfort of those who mourn, we pray. Amen. Our children have the opportunity to join in on their own regular time of video children's worship. Let's share this blessing from God with each other and with all of our children. Together we say, the Lord be with you and also with you. It is our privilege to gather around God's word, to read it, and to share some thoughts about that text today. So to, I invite you to turn in your Bibles, in your homes, or in your gadgets, 
to the book of Psalms. We're going to read Psalm 51 today. Psalm 51. As you can tell, it's right smack dab in the middle of your Bible. Psalm 51. I invite you to join me in prayer. God of the universe, revealed to us in Holy Scripture, through the writings of the prophets and the preaching of John the Baptist, you have called us to prepare our hearts for your visitation. Ready us now to hear your word and to respond as faithful servants to the glory of Christ. Amen. Psalm 51. For the director of music, a psalm of David. When the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous, in burnt offerings offered whole. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When St. Augustine was a 16-year-old growing up in North Africa, he was a thief. A pear thief. Way back in the 4th century, he wrote about this fruit robbery in his famous book of prayer, The Confessions. Here's how he admitted it to God. 
close to our vineyard, there was a pear tree laden with fruit. This fruit was not enticing, either in appearance or in flavor. We nasty lads went there to shake down the fruit and carried off at the dead of night after prolonging our games out of doors until that late hour according to our abominable custom. We took enormous quantities, not to feast on ourselves, but perhaps to throw to the pigs. We did eat a few, but that was not our motive. We derived pleasure from the deed simply because it was forbidden. St. Augustine was not all that different from King David, the writer of Psalm 51. The title information tells us that he wrote this prayer of confession after he committed adultery with Bathsheba. The full account of David's sinful behavior is described in 2 Samuel 11 and 12. David saw Bathsheba on the rooftop and made arrangements for her to join him in his bed for the night, simply for the pleasure and enjoyment of the adulterous activity, just like Augustine took pleasure in stealing those pears. When David was informed that Bathsheba was pregnant, he was determined to hide the truth from her husband. David made arrangements for her husband Uriah, a soldier, to be assigned to the most dangerous area of fighting between the Israelites and the Ammonites. And just like David hoped, Uriah was killed in battle, and David was hoping to cover up his enjoyable but sinful night with Bathsheba by murdering her husband. That cover-up might have been possible if God had not revealed David's behavior to Nathan the prophet. Nathan accuses David, saying, You are the man. Knowing full well of his guilt, David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. That short sentence in 2 Samuel 12 is the basis for David's prayer of confession and repentance in Psalm 51, one of seven penitential psalms. What David originally thought of as an enjoyable, lust-filled night with Bathsheba now turns into an agonizing acknowledgement of his sinful behavior. David does not try to soften the enormity of his deeds. He uses three words that the Old Testament uses elsewhere to describe the terrible nature of what he has done. Transgressions, iniquity, and sin. When David uses the word transgression, he's thinking about his deliberate rebellion against what he knows is the will of God. His use of the word iniquity speaks of his behavior as defiant wrongdoing. And the final word sin refers to his specific missing the mark of following God. David uses these three words 
to indicate his all-encompassing confession of his evil behavior. He has done it, and he stands before God without any defense. In verse 4, David indicates that he's really not thinking about Bathsheba in this prayer as much as he's thinking about his sinfulness in God's sight. Yes, he has behaved terribly toward Bathsheba and toward Uriah, her husband. But most especially, David has sinned against God himself. His behavior toward God is what fuels his confession. When David considers the effect of his sin on his heart and soul, he realizes that he is filthy, dirty, unclean, unwashed, and impure. Over and over he says, I've done terrible things against you, O God. I am completely polluted by my sin. Augustine had a similar attitude toward his behavior when he prayed, O good God, creator of all things, and more beautiful than all of them, those pears we stole did have a certain beauty because they were your creation, your creation, O God, you who are the highest good and the true good for me. Those pears were beautiful, but they were not what my miserable soul loved. I had plenty of better pears, and I plucked them only for the sake of stealing. For once I picked them, I threw them away. I feasted on the sin, nothing else. And that I relished and enjoyed. Augustine called his soul miserable. David and Augustine initially thought of their behavior as enjoyable and pleasurable, but in truth, they were completely evil, making their hearts filthy. From stealing pears to a one-night stand to a murder, all of these things make these two men admit that they are dirty in God's sight. David and Augustine are not the only ones who are stained with sin. We are just like them, engaging in our own versions of evil behavior. Like it or not, we knew that I would get to us. Maybe our version of evil is not about stealing pears or adultery or murder, or maybe it is. Perhaps our version of sin-filled behavior toward God is about pride or cheating or pornography or unkindness or uncontrolled temper or envy or impatience or abuse or selfishness or an argumentative spirit or something else. Many of these behaviors impact and hurt others. Ultimately, however, these evil actions are directed toward our God, and they make our hearts filthy. And we are unable to do anything to clean them up all on our own. 
in one way or another, we have to admit to God, I am a miserable sinner, so unclean before you, O God. The evidence of God at work in David's heart is that with the help of the Holy Spirit, David knows that God is the one who can help get him cleaned up. Over and over in this prayer, David asks God to clean up the filth of his sin. He uses words like blot out, wash, cleanse, and create purity. For hundreds of years, this washing has been part of God's directive for the Israelites. Ever since God gave the law to Moses and his people in the desert, God's people have engaged in many forms of purification rites as a symbol of what God does in their hearts. These washing and cleansing ceremonies are very familiar to David. Throughout the land of Israel today, remains and ruins of the sites of many ceremonial washing places can be seen. God's people would descend the steps into a bath using water as a symbol of God's cleaning of their hearts. David also prays that God will cleanse him with hyssop. The branches of hyssop were used for sprinkling during other types of purification ceremonies. Sometimes water was sprinkled and sometimes blood from a sacrifice was sprinkled using a branch of hyssop. The Israelites sprinkled blood on their doorposts during Passover using hyssop to do that sprinkling. In his prayer, David mingles his request for cleansing with an admittance of his terrible sin before God. However, he doesn't stop there. David makes a commitment to turn his life around. That turning from one behavior to another is called repentance. David repents by promising to live his life differently, proclaiming the will of God to others, singing of God's righteousness, and offering a sacrifice that arises out of a repentant heart. In his prayer, David does three things. He admits his sinful behavior to God. He asks for cleansing of his heart. And he repents, promising to turn his life around. That's all good and well. But without God doing something, David will remain in the filth of his sin. David is aware of this from the very beginning of his prayer, the very first Hebrew word, mercy. Have mercy. And the Hebrew also allows for another phrase, be gracious. David asks God to set aside the death punishment that David deserves and to give him what he does not deserve, love, forgiveness, cleaning. Throughout David's prayer, he describes God's undeserved action as compassion 
restoration, salvation, sustenance, and unfailing. And David knows from the teachings of Moses that God will provide all of these cleansing results, this mercy and grace for his people when they repent or turn from their sin. As a result of David's prayer, God cleans the filth of David's sin, and he does give David a fresh opportunity to live for God. It's completely all about God's undeserved cleansing through his mercy and his grace. Jesus talks about cleaning too, the cleaning that he offers in John 13. As he washes the disciples' feet, he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, You'll, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said, not everyone was clean. The Apostle John explains this cleaning a little bit more that Jesus does when he writes in 1 John 1, the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This is the same cleansing that David prays about. Confession and repentance leads to cleansing of sin all through the blood of Jesus, totally undeserved, totally by grace. Augustine expressed his thankfulness for God's grace this way in his prayer. How can I repay the Lord for my ability to recall these things without fear? Let me love you, Lord, and give thanks to you and confess your name because you have forgiven my grave sins and wicked deeds. By your sheer grace and mercy, you melted my sins away like ice. Today, we find ourselves on the second Sunday of Advent considering the theme, preparing the way, and focusing on repentance as part of that preparation. We prepare the way of the Lord by preparing our hearts through our repentance. Isaiah wrote about straightening things out in preparation for the arrival of the Lord. That straightening is all about repenting of our sin in order to obtain the unmerited cleansing of our hearts from God. In these weeks of light, music and celebration, and in the midst of a pandemic, the heart of the matter 
all revolves around our sin and God's solution for getting rid of it. Jesus, our Savior from sin. Maybe today is the first time you'll confess and repent of your sin to God. Maybe today is the umpteenth time for your confession and repentance. No matter what, God is faithful and he's just and he will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The season of Advent invites us to search our hearts, to repent and to invite God's cleansing forgiveness. Along with the proclamation of the gospel, God gives us physical reminders of his undeserved cleansing forgiveness. Here at the font, the sprinkling of water of baptism reminds us of that cleansing. And here at the table, the bread and the cup, the tasting and the drinking remind us of Jesus who took our death punishment for our sin upon himself. Just like King David, God cleans the filth of our sin when we repent of our, of our ways. He gives us new opportunities to live for him in order to thank him for his indescribable gracious gift of cleansing, forgiveness, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Have mercy on us, O Lord, according to your steadfast love and abundant mercy. Let our response to your love be the exercise of heartfelt compassion for the poor, the oppressed, the downtrodden, and vulnerable. Create in us clean hearts and renew in us upright spirits. Let our renewed vision see the places where you beckon. Let our clean hearts be broken for the things that cause you pain. Let us be present in you in healing and deliverance. And let us be instruments of your peace. Do not cast us away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from us. Instead, supply us with the boldness that your Holy Spirit supplies, that we might be strength for the weak and a voice for the silenced. Empower us with the sureness of your presence, that as we walk in your way, we might initiate glorious transformation of this world through our justified, miraculous ex expectations of your love and power through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. i
God has just fed us from his word, and now we have the privilege to be nourished at his table for the Lord's Supper. You'll want to have your order of service available, as well as your prepared bread and cup. Let's begin. The Gospels tell us that on the first day of the week, the day on which our Lord arose from the dead, he appeared to some of his disciples and was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Come then to the joyful feast of our Lord. I invite you, people of God, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right for us to give thanks and praise. Let's pray together. With joy we praise you, gracious God, for you have created heaven and earth and made us in your image and kept covenant with us even when we fell into sin. We give you thanks for Jesus Christ, our Lord, whose coming opened to us the way of salvation and whose triumphant return we eagerly await. Therefore, we join our voices with all the saints and angels and the whole creation to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, 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 my heart, my heart adores you. My heart pours out my praise to you. You are holy. 
We give thanks to God the Father that our Savior, Jesus Christ, before he suffered, gave us this memorial of his sacrifice until he comes again. At his last supper, the Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he shared it with his friends. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper. And he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. For whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As part of that proclamation, therefore, let us join the church of all times and all places and profess our faith in our triune God as signed and sealed in this sacrament by saying the words of the Apostles' Creed together, we say. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, he descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we approach your table, we ask that you move among us through your word and spirit. Bring resurrection where there is death, hope where there is depression, light where there is darkness, and may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus draw us closer to you and closer to one another until your kingdom comes in all of its fullness. We pray in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
The elders of Creston Church have given their supervision for the preparation of the Lord's Supper prior to our service and are joining us in all of their own safe places for this gracious meal. Now it's time for all of you to make sure that the bread and drink that you have prepared is right nearby for everyone that is participating. Enough pieces on a plate for each person in your location and enough cups poured out with a small amount poured out for each person. I'll prompt you in just a moment when it's time for us to eat and drink together. For those of you who are choosing not to take the communion elements today, let me offer this special blessing to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord has prepared his table for all who love him and trust in him alone for their salvation. All who are sorry for their sins, who sincerely believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and who desire to live in obedience to him as Lord, are now invited to come with gladness to the table of the Lord to receive these gifts of God for the people of God. You may distribute the bread to each person. Eat this bread, drink this cup, come to Christ and never be hungry. Eat this bread, drink this cup, Trust in Christ and you will not thirst. Take your bread. Eat it. Remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was given for the complete forgiveness of all of our sins. You may distribute the cups to every person. Taste and see, taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Oh, taste and see, taste and see the goodness of the Lord, of the Lord. Take, drink, remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was shed for the complete forgiveness of all of our sins.
please join me in celebration of God's goodness to us with these words of Psalm 103 by saying each phrase right along with me. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Let us pray. Strengthen us, O God, in the power of your spirit to bring good news to the poor and lift blind eyes to sight and to loose the chains that bind and claim your blessing for all people. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, Almighty God, now and forevermore. Amen. As we prepare to conclude our time of worship, my friends, in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. And therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace without spot or blemish and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. My friends, prepare now to hear God's words of parting blessing as we come to the end of our time of worship. I invite you to stand in body or in spirit, to sit up a little straighter in your chair, perhaps extend your hands to receive God's parting blessing. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. Amen.